she's like the wind through my tree. She rides the night next to me. She leads me to moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. I'm from old buddy, dude. <laughs> she's taking my heart, but she don't know what she's done. I feel her breath in my face, her body close to me. I can't look in her eyes. She's out of my league. Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. She's like the wind. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me, my co host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Slap it, pappy, went, went. On the ones, the twos, the wheels, the steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last white dragon. Give it up for Zach Roan. Hey there. And a very, very special returning champion with us. We can't figure out if it's four or five. You might be in the five-timers club by now. Oh, we need a jacket. It's like a, yeah, I was going to say, I need a I need a master's jacket. Yeah. What uh, color would it be for a harder brunch, though? Probably our, our colors, like uh, orange and yellow. Oh, so I could so I could also take it and moonlight as like a McDonald's manager. I was about to say those are definitely McDonald's awesome. colors. Yes, <laughs> give it up for Sarah Murrell. Hey, Merle. Thanks for having Murrell. me. Yeah, Merle, you got it. You got it. Uh, say, well, you know, just keep coming back for another ten years, and I'll, I'll get it figured out. Sarah, you, uh, I think the last time you came on, do you remember how far you were into Metal Honey? Um, it was it was new, not quite a year. I don't think I don't think it was like maybe even six months, right? Yeah. Well, so when was when was cake? When was meat cakes? It was all year over a year ago. Yeah, over a year. Ago. A year yeah. in February. So yeah, so it would have been like yeah, six months maybe. And no. how how much how how much work had you put into? Well, I guess tell people real quick what you do. Uh, I'm the sauce bitch. Uh, if <laughs> if Zach is a sauce boss, uh, I make uh, infused honeys. It's local honey infused with global flavors. That's my tagline. Uh, which I also didn't have last time you I was didn't. here. Yeah. Uh, so I take local honey from Baston's Bee Farms and I infuse it with hot peppers and ginger and hibiscus and all kinds of sexy stuff. Oh yeah, and it's wonderful. Um, my favorite thing to do is put it on like chicken. Yes. Uh, and waffles. Hmm. Uh, but you can put it on a variety of things. When you had first started, uh, I mean, you had been working on this for a while before. I guess you officially launched but it was you were still like a brand new yep. business owner and i feel like now you are fully entrenched yeah we seasoned baby <laughs> seasoned fully and seasoned like cast iron how how have we grown <laughs> i don't even know where to start with this <laughs> why start a business during the end of the world um, that's my first uh my first advice would be start a business if you were unemployable in any other industry uh <laughs> Uh, also, if you no matter what job you get, if you're just like mind numbingly bored at six months, you're probably meant to own a business. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like sleeping and you only want to think about like five things for like, you know, three years to 10 years or whatever, uh, open one uh, and uh, don't do a restaurant. That's insane. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's my best business advice. Don't that's do good. it. I yeah. think I think if. There's any takeaway from this program? It's don't open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was a restaurant consultant for years after she sold her business, and uh, her best advice uh, was: if you feel like it's time for you to open a restaurant, you should go lay down till you feel better. So I like that. Yeah, Ooh. I, like, I like that as a general slogan of life. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Good. yeah. Were you thinking about working hard to achieve something? You can quit that. I I I wish we could do an entire. I feel like we could do an entire uh, web series show. Uh, based on just you and Zach's experiences at farmers markets, <laughs> just from the stories that I've heard from him, and then that what I see you post weekly on there, because apparently every farmers market is just seventy five percent insane people. It, it's not we let the, like like with so many things, right? We let a vocal insane minority do all the talking, but mm. at the farmers market, uh, it is. <clears throat> oh man, I'm, this is going to be like broadcast for the world to hear. So I got to really choose my words carefully. <laughs> Uh, there is a certain kind of person who, uh, lacking a sense of um, individuality in the rest of their life, will just stand there and recite all their dietary specifications to you oh, until gosh. you melt into an Alex Mack puddle and then just <laughs> slide out of the air return. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I don't know if you have that experience, Zach. Yeah, no, you get you get a lot of recommendations. Like, well, I'd buy something if you made it, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever flavored. And they never would. They they never would. My Even fa- if you made it, then they would just tell you about how the one that they had from their back home yep. was better. Yep, exactly. My favorite is yeah. the, what is it, the blueberry mustard guy. I, I would get that a decent amount of times. It's like, <laughs> do you have blueberry mustard? Like it was the most normal thing in the world. It's like, no, we don't have that. It's like, oh, hmm. Well, maybe this place up in Michigan had blueberry mustard. I, yeah. like, I bet they did. I was trying to give you a hint. Right. You know? right. After the third time, like, he's not getting it. <laughs> Make it. My favorite is because all my products are honey-based, uh, at least once a week, someone will walk past at least one apiary vendor and walk, like, right past a big table of, like, a two-pound bucket of honey and come to my table and be like, do you sell anything plain? Like... Nope, just take 10 steps in the direction that you came in, and you will encounter that which you seek. Do you think that something there's something about the nature of a farmer's market that people forget that these are, like, usually super small businesses, you know? like yeah. like But, like, this is, like, my thing. This is my specialized niche thing that I do. Well, I think some people, like, so some customers will come up and they're not going to buy anything, but they want to do something nice for you. And it's what they have defined as nice. <laughs> that might be some advice. Oh, like It yeah. could be business advice. A nickel's it could worth be, of free advice. Yeah, it could be yeah. how you're dressed yeah. or, you know, like, wow, it's not very professional for you. So many things. Like, I wouldn't drive that car to the barber. Well, you market. were wearing a lot of crop tops yeah. when you were selling mustard. <laughs> well, which to I be was fair, confused yeah. By. I, I was confused by the gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> One Listen, time. <laughs> what matters in selling in person is starting the conversation, and nothing starts okay. a conversation like a get mask. That's why I was like, blueberry, right? This guy's got to have blueberry mustard. <laughs> no, I did used to have a hot dog costume. I would break it out every so often. And I even I even made a little little kid cry once. Uh, and yeah, Probably she, more than once. She was walking up toward the booth with her mom, and her mom saw me dressed like a hot dog, and she was like, hey, look, he's got a hot dog costume, too. So I thought, you know, so I do a ba-ba, and then the girl just starts crying. <laughs> yeah. She was not having any of the can, scary can hot dog, again? Can we see that again? Can we see that? Yeah. Oh, the cameras aren't pointed in the right direction. Yeah. 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 Oh, shoot, yeah. Man, she was like, that's the hot dog man from my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> he's crossed over into our reality. My favorite uh, is uh, in Fisher's, a uh, woman... Let me know. She came up to my table. One of my bottles is is plastic. And she let me know um, that she is a marketing professional. And if I really wanted this line to succeed, I should put it in something that doesn't look like soap. Uh, Which led me to my secondary unspoken product line uh, for the mouths of your friends and the genitals of your enemies. (laughs) So Uh, That is great. Uh, How spicy would you say? Like, scorpion honey is like, it's very flavorful. My thing with heat is... I like heat, but it, the flavor always has to be in equal parts to the heat. Yeah, yeah. Like when people start like ramping things up just hot for hot sake, that's when I tap out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, How many Scovilles are we talking here? Uh, <laughs> Three warriors. Is that even a thing anymore? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, the peppers that I use, the second hottest peppers in the world. I've never had it Scoville tested, but I appreciate this really long, like this extended um, infomercial for my product, which I promise we don't have to do. It, it'll be good no matter how much we talk about it on, on this podcast. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I really just wanted you to tell me, because I'm curious, since the last time that you were here, like, like what... How has it grown? How have you grown the yeah. business? What have the challenges been since last time we talked to you? Like, um, where are you at versus where you were? Last year, without I hired uh, one person for four hours, and that was the only outsourced labor that I did. And I sold just a little shy of uh, $40,000 worth of units uh, by myself. And um, I'm out of my fucking mind. And I think that um, this is proof that if you – if you route being out of your goddamn mind in the right series of tubes, um, you can actually be kind of relatively successful. So that's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but yeah. for a first year working by myself, it's it sounds great. It's quite yeah. a bit. But you also could have said any number or volume, <laughs> and I would have been like, "That's amazing." I have no frame of reference. <laughs> I sold uh, nine ounces of honey sold last year. That's great. She's killing the game. Yeah. So uh, we had a theme today, yeah. which I was very excited. Obviously, if you heard the theme song coming in, uh, Biscuits and Swayze, mm. um, in memory of the one, only the late, great Patrick Swayze. 
It's a, ta- a bottomless talent, if you will. Really is. And I, I forgot when I was talking to Thad how many... You died? How, oh, Thad, <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess we should have... Spoiler alert. Should have warned you. <laughs> Wait, when? When did he die? Just recently? Uh, no. 2014... Yeah, a little while ago. Oh, this is before I even knew about his movies. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I'm sorry. So Thad has a podcast called. Oh, 2009. No. Yeah, 2009. It's fucked up that they put the spouses like they. You could conclude that they got divorced in 2009 when they were rended apart by uh, the this mortal coil. In fact. Oh yeah, I guess that is when the marriage ends, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm out. It's a natural divorce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an organic divorce. Yeah. I don't want my wiki to say we were married one second past when I died. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Dad has a podcast called IDK It because there's a bunch of kind of classic movies that we all assume that most people have seen that that is not. So he gets people to, he watches the movie for the first time and then somebody will watch it, either rewatch it with them or maybe they haven't seen it and discuss. Yeah. And I was amazed at the amount of Patrick Swayze movies that he had not seen. He was Dang. like, Ghost? He's like, uh, I know the pottery scene. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, like, I mean, I feel like we were getting introduced to Swayze. I'm like, this guy's, like, not a bad guy. Like, and like looking up his, like, roadhouse. And now I just found out he's dead. Like, you got me into this guy. I'm like, I kind of want to meet him. Like, now, <laughs> dramatic like, for you. You got to let me know before, like, dead or alive. Well, what's what we were talking about earlier today, because I was trying to explain, like, I was trying to give him, like, the Reader's Digest version of Dirty Dancing <laughs> as we were turning it on. He was like, so what is this movie? And I'm like... Catskill Mountains, Dance, Dance, Abortion, Dance. Yes. Yeah, well, I thought, I was like, it's, there's so many, like, 80s and 90s coming-of-age movies for men, and yeah. I feel like Dirty Dancing was, like, really a, a woman's coming-of-age. Yeah, kind of. It is kind of, like... Uh, a movie about giving yourself permission to be horny. You know what I mean? It's a very horny movie. That was the other <laughs> thing that I said. I was like, he stopped, and all of a sudden, he was like, "What's all going on with her abs right now? Why is she? <laughs> yeah, who is she supposed to be? Tony Stark?" And I was, I was like, "Oh, this is a very horny movie." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very like the very beginning. The intro scene is like, "Oh wait, are we going to watch this with guests? <laughs> like, what's going to go on?" Like the intro is just like yeah. people with their shirts off, just like grinding. I'm like, okay, it's almost like they were dirty dancing. With each other. <laughs> oh, the dirties for the dancing part. I did. I almost. If I had just had a little bit more time this weekend, I wanted to make this really nice watermelon cocktail for you. <laughs> so the, could, the, was it called the carried watermelon? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I was I, that supposed to be sexy? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he was just dropping the watermelons. <laughs> I don't know. No, well, in the there's a scene in the movie where like she carries. She's trying to be cool. And she carries a watermelon. And then she like tells Patrick Swayze and he could care nonetheless. <laughs> and it was like, have you ever tried to be cool in front of somebody and then just bombed it? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, it was like one of those. Like when I was a kid, I, there was my first crush were these two uh, identical twins. Oh, good luck with that. Wait, two? Right, right off the bat. I mean, not two sets of twins. There was just two tw- two people that were twins. But you kind of crush on both. Both, of them. yeah, they're identical. I mean, okay. I was a child. I don't think the people are identical. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's that's same just, souls. You 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 were in your same same uh, uh, years of women object permanence. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Look, saying, thank you for saying think, that. All right, do everyone do this. Think about go back in your head and remember your first crush. Okay. Uh, to be fair, yeah, I did like I did like a pair of identical twins. And I yeah. want to fuck them both. And I now, get it. And now, rem- and now, just imagine that there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, mine were triplets. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, very confusing. That was like a whole Budweiser uh, ad campaign, wasn't it? It was like and twins. Oh, that yeah. was remember that Coors Light. I believe that's it. That's it. There you go. <laughs> it was that's, good marketing. It's still in there. Yeah, that that's sounds where, like a Coors Light. That's where math should live, but uh, <laughs> beer slogans live there instead. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, but no, I was trying to impress these two girls with a really cool walk through the fish fry. And um, I was just trying to get my strut on. And I um, was not paying attention to where I was walking. And I tripped over a folding chair. <laughs> and then the whole cafeteria looked and laughed at me. And it was very much a, my I carried a watermelon. Was moment. it was it like kind of like was it tripped over? Or did you get kind of caught in it like a like in a coyote trap? Mm. I didn't like go like ass over tea kettle fall over. <laughs> But I definitely like made a jarring sound and it, it, it kind of flailed about. It okay, was, it wasn't ask, over, cool. ask over tea kettle. Can we pause and go around to our uh, favorite old manisms? Mine is uh, busier than a uh, one-legged man in an ass kicking contest. Anybody else? 
Zach, I feel like you got to be old. All old manisms. Yeah. Zach, you feel like an ancient scroll of old manisms. <laughs> we just have to pull on your string. Yeah, no, I just feel like there's too much pressure right now. Like, <laughs> I can't just pull an old manism out. Yeah, a lot of my they old, have to be ripe. A lot of my old manisms just aren't appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah, I was. I was raised boomer, so I have a lot of things that I say that I didn't even realize were problematic. I thought that's what we called them. Really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Gen, Gen Z will let you know. <laughs> They'll let you know when you're out of pocket. Oh my gosh! Uh, Thanks, Twitter. So let's let's go. Let's quickly run through this menu real quick. Of oh the God, it was so good. And Zach actually printed out menus this week. This is the most. Well, first of all, let's 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 uh, address the elephant. Well, this is our first video podcast. Oh we've God. been we've been doing this for two plus years, and we finally <laughs> we finally turned on the video aspect of it. As a well, former as a former writer whose career was ruined by the Facebook pivot to video, I have to relish this irony for a second. Oh, wait, what? No, in a good way. Okay. I mean, this is fine. It all turned out fine. I'm, it's, I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> I mean, if the numbers go down yeah. after we release the videos, <laughs> I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be selling blueberry mustard right next to you at the farmer's market any day now. Next to the Gimp Man. Uh, but uh, also, also we're in our brand new studio, too. So this will be, hopefully the studio will be uh, a work in progress. We're going to continue. It's a little bit more every week. But we got, you know, we got Topanga up off camera there. We got uh, our uh, bootleg Back to the Future clock. It's really starting to feel like home. You can just say anything that's off camera, really. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got the octopus over there. We got our mechanical bull in the corner, which yeah, yeah. is great. Yeah. We got the 93 bulls yeah. over there. <laughs> the Titanic. We got all kinds of fun stuff we in here. We got a full live Shaquille O'Neal standing, <laughs> which is hard to get. Uh, so I wanted to do biscuits and gravy and I didn't, I wanted, uh, I don't know. I wanted to expand the meaning of biscuits and gravy <laughs> yeah. as, as, as far as we possibly could. And, um, so we started off with, uh, kind of the traditional B's and G's with the, uh, what was my favorite is the fried biscuit. Fuck yeah. Fried biscuit, smoking goose, um, the smoking goose sausage, uh, and I feel like that's like the baseline biscuits and gravy for me. Yeah, I like to do that. I like, I also like the their chorizo is really yeah. good. Um, and then what did you name this? Oh, the I had the time of had the time of my life. T h y m e fried biscuits and gravy. Zach was very did Zach come up with that. That sounds like something Zach. This, might this whole bit he was Zach. Yeah, it was it was great. I had the time of my life. Biscuits. Mm-hmm. If you submitted that to Bob and Tom, you'd be fired. <laughs> you understand? Like, don't do that again. <laughs> I really appreciate this menu because he, he he did the dip dive, uh, deep dive, and some of these he really stretched to make them to make them fit. Okay. Next up was the double deuce drop biscuits and chicken gravy. <laughs> and what what's double deuce? The double deuce is the bar from Roadhouse. There you go. That, oh, that wow. he was protecting. It also. I was like, this is really dirty dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, but you got three D, D's in there. Double you, deuce that, drop. Were you, were you imagining like a like a Cleveland steamer situation? Is what's that? a Cleveland? <laughs> I'm scared to ask. But what is that? Does anybody want to? Can we just pull that up there? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's an, it involves shading on one's chest. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking um, for the dancing. I was like, man, they really went. All the way to the wall. We, That's my old manism. Have, have you seen Road? Are you familiar with Roadhouse? Uh, I actually have never seen Roadhouse except for the famous mm. throat removal. What? So, yeah. So if Dirty Dancing is like, I, I hate to be gender binary here, but if like, if Dirty Dancing's for the girls and Roadhouse is for the boys. Yep. Um, also, Roadhouse, had a, I remember the very first, the very erotic scenes in it mm. that. Uh, I discovered myself too as a child. <laughs> um, also, as we started talking about this, we've discussed Roadhouse quite a bit on this podcast. Um, in the movie, not a, he's a, he's known with as a cooler, which is like a professional bouncer. Basically, yeah. he's, he's like a cross between like um, like bar rescue and a bouncer. Yeah. But listen, in, he takes a hot situation, he makes yeah. it cool again. But in the movie, they're like they're like talking him up before he comes in, and they're like, "He's the number one cooler in America," which insinuates that there's a ranking system for coolers. There's like a USTA yeah. for coolers. 
<laughs> and also, it's just like he just straight up murders people throughout the movie. Wait, like, what? and it's just kind of like, is this part of his job? Is this okay? Because he's a cooler. Like, I don't know. Like he gets away with murder in the bar. Yeah, yeah it's like if it's in the line of duty because Wait, he's the protecting th- the shitty dive bar. What is the, <laughs> like the thin cool line or something? <laughs> the thin Bud Light line. <laughs> Wait, time out. Please don't tell me the, the throat removal was in the bar. If it yeah, was, I'm yeah. watching this movie. This is a murder he gets away with protecting yeah. a bar. He's like, no one touches that tequila. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and when you watch it in the time, it you're just like, yeah. When you watched it originally when it came out in uh, 89 or the 90s, you're like, yeah, this all makes sense. And watching it in 22, it's like, he's murdered five people protecting this shitty bar. I don't, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze here. <laughs> Uh, there was a time though, and aren't we all a little nostalgic? Have you ever heard the, uh, watched a documentary about the town? Uh, there's like a guy who's like uh, famously beats all of his wives. He's just a horrible person, and someone just like shoots this motherfucker in broad daylight, like middle of town, middle of the day, and the whole town. The cops are like, "Did anyone see what happened?" And everyone in the town's like, Mm-mm, "No, I don't know. Weird, the, he's dead." The so, grassy knoll uh, by JFK. No. <laughs> Was that a JFK documentary that we? Are, are, you, are you saying the JFK is a famous woman beater? You might well. I mean, oh, have you heard my? You guys have heard like what is like my all-time favorite explanation of JFK? No. Which like is to me is by far the most believable. So they used to have M16 rifles that were mounted under the back seat or the front seat of the. Uh, car that he was in. Okay. And they may have come unmounted and just like misfired and shot his head off. But mm-hmm. like, which to me seems like the most plausible that like someone just didn't tighten a bolt and then the president's head got exploded and we're like, from the car behind was, him, you're saying? No, it was the in car, the car. Like it was in the it was actual the, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, and that, and that, you know, 70 now, what is it? 70 years of, of uh, conspiracies have followed that. Maybe just government incompetence, which I believe that most of all. Yeah, the, the and, magic then, bullet. and then they covered it up with, we're just going to redact all this stuff and <laughs> frame somebody. Ooh, this is embarrassing. Yeah, I could. I, I would buy that. I would buy that <laughs> over a lot of theories that I've heard. Yeah. Um, then the next is uh, Sam Wheat's Puff Pastry mm. Manhattan. Are you, Do you know Sam, Sam Wheat? The, what, I don't know the character. Sam Wheat was his character in Ghost. Oh, Ghost, okay. And the, would you like to explain the connection, which I thought was great? Well, the story took place in Manhattan. <laughs> Son of a real sack That of was shit. the last one I came up with. And I just sat there trying to comb through everything, like how I could connect them. <laughs> um, the Point Break Cheddar Bay Lobster Bisque. It's... <laughs> That was really good, Zach. That was. Uh, do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, so I made uh, Cheddar Bay biscuits, and then I did a, a lobster bisque, and then uh, poured that over the top. Oh, fuck. Uh, I had uh, actually uh, foraged ramps in the Cheddar Bay biscuits as so well. So good. That was all. I mean, there wasn't a stinker among them here. Like, you, always, you guys always put a real strong menu together, but today was, oof. And then that last shortcake with the strawberry. Someone, do I talk about the frozen strawberry bits and ice cream? Because like that the, took me all the way there. The ice berries? The ice berries. <laughs> ice berries. Well, I'll say that was a bit of a happy accident. Um, <laughs> we're, still, we're still in transition of unpacking things. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the kitchen is still kind of MIA. I'm yeah. still discovering where things are. And I could not find my... Uh, I haven't had my food processor for the past like five months. Oh. And I, I found an immersion blender, and I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'll just use this. And I plugged it in, and it just, like, it was, like, in two pieces, and it just kind of, like, stripped the <laughs> cool. the whatever out. Cool. I don't know. I'm not a, you know, maintenance person. But, uh, yeah, and it started that smoking smell, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and everything. And so I was just like, I'll just dump this in the ice cream as it churns, and I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll work itself out. And then when you're like, oh, I like the frozen ice, the frozen strawberry chunks in the middle. I was like... That, that all adds up. Yep, that's <laughs> what happens when you make ice cream that way. Dude, I have a RoboCoop and an ice cream churn at my house right now. Okay. Should have let me know. I just I need to find, because I have a good one. I got a nice uh, commercial grade. Oh. It's just um, uh, from a previous failed business of mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just need to unpack it. But yeah, I'd, uh, as I was like, yeah, it still still worked itself out. I've, I love making ice cream out on Fuck that yeah. thing. Like. Uh, I also forgot that our videographer 
uh, deathly allergic to strawberries. And oh. I just made sure to smear everything with a nice Good. layer of strawberry. Good. Great. I actually had told him to taste it for me. Good. I was like, you taste it, see if it's soft or hard. He was like, does this have strawberries in it? I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, remember I'm deathly allergic. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, does this, hey, come over here. Does this taste itchy to you? I'm trying to kill Tyler. <laughs> was there did you have a did you have a favorite did you have anything that stuck out there oh god no wrong answers only only right answers i have to say that the puff pastry manhattan was so fucking good the textures were so awesome but i will say normally i'm really full and by the end like i can't do much with the with the dessert but it was like that was really good those are probably my two favorites was Thanks. the puff pastry manhattan and the strawberry but the fried, like, the, your classic gravy is so good, Dyke. Just, like, the sausage, pan, milk, thickener, pepper. Awesome. Thanks. Um, I had a, lot of, had a lot of practice doing the old Black Acre Brunch yeah. for, for a number oh, that's of years. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I found my old, uh, so, like, you know, the first time, I'm sure you know this, like, the first time you're in the newspaper for anything, you get that <laughs> phone call from the plaque man or yep. plaque person, and yep. they're like, do you want to, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pay two hundred dollars or whatever it is to have, and I just unpacked, and it still has my you know my dead name on there. It's like uh, Mac Dag sure can whip up a lot of this little kitchen, and it's like I paid so much money to have this thing made that I'm like I have to put it on my wall, and every time I move and put it on the wall, I'm just like I feel like an asshole. Like I feel like. No one's ever in my bedroom, and if they are, I feel like I'm showing off. You know, like. Hey, come in here. Want to see? Want to see a plaque with my name on it? I, uh, I thought that was the point of bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> to brag. Have, yeah, yeah, to have things up there to show off. Yeah, like, various levels of bragging. Yeah, like hey, this year I, I learned how to tie a knot very well in Boy Scouts. <laughs> I hope you like knots. Hope you like uh, shibari. Enjoy. Yeah. I have that in my culinary diploma up, and it just both make me sad every time I look. I'm like, yep. that was so much money. I have my uh, butler degree. I actually got two degrees, which are matted in the same frame, which I thought was very insulting. And then uh, matted so poorly that I jostled it one time, and the degree like fell kind of like crooked in the frame, and so I put it in the garage, and that's where it's lived ever since. You think with all that money, they could have given you two separate frames? Just two frames, man. Come on. Yeah. It was like uh, Thad just bought this house, and uh, it was a... Is there a drop for that? The real, the realty. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you mention that, okay. And who was it? The realty company. Who who was it? That like they sent him a they sent him a cutting board. Yeah, they sent me a plaque that said House of McKee. Yeah. Oh. It was a cutting board, and so cool. I don't appreciate you using it without my permission. <laughs> I saw that it was used today. We'll talk about that off mic. <laughs> but it says House of McKee. It feels very Games of Throny. <laughs> But he was like, he was like very, he was like, oh, look at how nice they were. I was like, you gave them thousands of dollars yeah. and they bought this with your money <laughs> and gave it back to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good grift if you can get in on it. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I think we all got in the wrong business. I'm just not good. I couldn't be, like, I couldn't show someone, you know, like a, a house with like a leaky roof and be like, it has so much potential. Then I'd go home and just like stab myself in the thigh while I look myself in the eyes in the mirror. You know what I mean? Just I, I decided like well, one of the only things that I actually like knew about myself from a very young age was I could never take any kind of job the rest of my life where I was fucking somebody else over. <laughs> And I, and I remember thinking, like, in my head at the time, I was just like, and I put these all in the same category. I was like, I could never be, like, a cop. Yep. But I could also never be a telemarketer. You know, I was <laughs> yeah. like, I could never be a bother or a hindrance to someone professionally. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah and I, I stand by that, yeah. you know. Wait, but, but making food, like what you just did with uh, Tyler and almost gave him strawberries, that's a great rev way to... Mess someone's life. That's up. not a job. That was that, I just did that for the love of the game. Uh. <laughs> We're gonna oh. take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Two young 
Here's what happened when they decided to cut loose. They headed down to Old El Paso. That's where they ran into a great big hassle. Billy Joe shot a man while robbing his castle. Hey, welcome back. You know, I feel like I've seen like. Steve Miller band and every band kind of of that ilk at Deer Creek over the course of like five summers. It's like if if every time they have, you know, of that ilk or of that era, it should coincide with um, a Nike Monarchs fashion show. You know what I mean? Like it should just be like middle aged dudes like in there in their crispy <laughs> boys, you know, like showing how to accessorize with like your favorite polo or Hawaiian shirt. But I was going when I was like 14, 14 fit through like 16. I, I got into I remember one of the, oh man, I'm going to be careful here. How old was I? Uh, I went to um, Jimmy Buffett one time <laughs> and I was supposed to be the designated driver. And I went with my, my friend uh, uh, worked there uh, doing like a fan experience thing. And so he was taking us all around uh, or he wasn't like working that day, but he was like, showing us all the fun in the parking lot. And I was like, oh, the party's out here in the parking lot beforehand. And so I was like, uh, my thinking was, okay, I'll have a few drinks here. I'll get sober at the show. Before the show. Yeah. Get sober at the show. This is my favorite self-delusion. And, you know, and I'll just I'll just ride that buzz to the show, and mm. I'll be great by the time it's time to leave. Mm-hmm. So we're walking around, and everyone, have, have you ever been to a Jimmy Buffett concert before? Uh, no, but I have been, uh, drunk around a lot of white people. So yes. I figure it's... Well, like, I, I'll tell you what, I could see myself going full parrot head because it's just, it's just a bunch, it's like a weird, fun vibe of, uh, you know, party alcoholics. Yeah, it's, it's literally, if you could peel a bunch of Salt Life bumper stickers off of cars <laughs> in the Midwest, animate them Beauty and the Beast style, it would be a parrot head show. Everyone has a different like gimmick in front of their RV. You know, it's like a drinking game, or they're cooking something, or they're tossing sticks at another stick, or whatever. And you know, it's it's great. And all of a sudden, you're you're two three hours in, binge drinking in the parking lot. And I just remember being like done and being like, that was so fun. I had such a good time. Also, I had zero interest in actually watching the show mm-hmm. after. I was like, I've heard the whole the whole yeah. lineup seventeen times. I don't need to hear it anymore. Yeah. And we went inside, and I remember just being like, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta sober." One of my friends handed me a mystery pill, yes. and was like, "Do you want to take?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" And I remember taking that and immediately being like, "I have to go lay down." <laughs> and I went out to my car and just passed out. And then I woke up, and it was nighttime, and I was like, "Okay, the concert's still going on. I obviously I just need to sleep a little bit more." Next time I came to, there was some drunk lady trying to get into my car. Yes. And it woke me up, and I was just like, wrong car! Wrong car! <laughs> just like like that scared, startled voice. And then I went back to sleep, and then I got woken up the next time to someone knocking on the door. And like, sir, you need to leave. And I was like, oh, no, I'm just waiting with my friends. And they go, sir, you're the only car left here on the lot. You need to leave. And I woke up, and I was just like, oh, I was supposed to take some people home, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Just no way. A, a paragon is always a mm. responsibility, Dyke. Thank you. Triggered. I'm always triggered by the classic rock hits. <laughs> Do you think they came back to the car? Like, there's no way he's taking us. Yeah, they were like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's fine. Um, we actually put together a little bit of a game for you if you're if you're always. interested. It always. is a, it's a game that uh, well Zach put it together. I'll, I'll let him uh, introduce it. It's a little game we like to call troll trivia. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I'm ready. So, how troll trivia works is each of you will be asked a question. I'm going to give you a fact, and your job is to tell me if it is a real or fake fact. Oh, okay. We'll start with you, Sarah. I'm ready. So, these are all Patrick Swayze themed today. <laughs> okay. Mm. Dancing has always been a staple for the Swayze family. Patrick studied ballet from an early age, starting at his mother's dance studio in Texas. True. Absolutely true. 
Wow, there's a lot of detail in that. I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's gonna be like it was like Oklahoma or something. Yeah. Uh, there's a great photo shoot out there of Swayze in the early '90s. I'm sure you can find pictures here, but uh, where he's kind of holding dancer poses. One of it's it's really beautiful. He has a dancer's body. He's a he's a lovely and graceful man. He was. I remember that was a thing growing up. Like what you would hear, kind of like it was like a thing of like ballets. Ballet's not gay. Patrick Swayze did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It that's was like right. that kind of shit. Also, ballet da- male ballet dancers are some of the most ripped, <laughs> strong motherfuckers who will pick you up by your hips and then just sort of cast you aside through the air. Yeah. You can't rip people's throats out if you don't know ballet. No, no. <laughs> Got to have a real working knowledge of anatomy. I, I you think know? it's part of the accreditation. How embarrassing get. is it to reach into someone's neck and just rip out a thyroid? <laughs> womp, womp. Right. Next one to Dyke. Patrick Swayze worked at Disneyland and often played Prince Charming. He was even once said to have danced with Michelle Pfeiffer playing Cinderella. Man. Uh, true. That one is true. He's doing good today. <laughs> He's a, uh, well, I mean, cause like the people that aren't in costumes have to be like super hot. Yeah. Yeah. To be the character. So I could see Michelle Pfeiffer and Patrick Swayze. Dude, what was what was the character? Oh, he was Prince Charming. What was yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. She was Cinderella. Oh, you said that right. Yep. Okay. All right, Thad. <laughs> what year? I'm, was I'm ready for this, and I'm going to get it right. Along with ce- celebrities Halle True. Berry and Drew Carey, Patrick Swayze also has polydactyly, which means having extra fingers or toes. Of course it is. And in fact, had to have one of those toes removed in order to do Dirty Dancing. So Patrick himself had to have one of his. Uh, finger feet <laughs> finger removed. Feet. Finger feet? Mm, I don't, I don't know toes. if that's what they're called, but... In different countries, you wouldn't know that. <laughs> um, so Patrick himself or just one of the cast members? Patrick Swayze. Everyone you can't up. look it up. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm not looking it up. I'm looking into his eyes. <laughs> I'm, asking, I'm asking him to reveal his secrets. And, you but know, that's like knees up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're, oh, you're trying to look at his feet to see if there's something missing. I didn't there. mean to cheat. Oh, I didn't mean to. Do this. <laughs> this I, wanna, I wanted to go true, but I am going to go false. Yeah. That is false. Hey, <laughs> pretty sure Patrick Swayze was born perfect. So. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Patrick Swayze was originally considered for the role of Peter Venkman in Ghostbusters, but the directors decided against it, saying that he they didn't want a comedy lead with a se- with sex appeal. Mm. everything seems possible in 80s hollywood you know what i mean like every casting seems possible mm-hmm. and this game doesn't matter so i'm gonna say true <laughs> that is not true damn it's it. entirely made up <laughs> damn yeah because uh, bill murray was in there and his sex appeal did we have a drop there i mean just... oh yeah no i didn't even have it on <laughs> yep, I flubbed that one yep, up. Yep, that's all right. <laughs> all right, Dyke. Love silent drops. Patrick Swayze is referenced in Wait, over. Hold three... on, hold on, before we go there. So they're saying that they purposely hired Bill Murray because there was no sex appeal. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying. the last sexy, you know, lead. Okay. Okay. Patrick Swayze's name has been referenced in over 300 hip hop songs. It's very rhymable. It is very rhymable. I mean. We made biscuits and Swayze today. <laughs> uh, man, 300, you know, I don't know. You know who used to get dropped in a lot of songs? Became the president. They didn't like him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say. Biden? I'm going to say no. It's true. God damn it. I, I didn't it see like, a list of all of them. Yeah. but I You mean, have a, some examples? Uh, there's, a, there's a Biggie song, I think, that references them. Mm-hmm. One of the more famous ones. Mm-hmm. All right, Thad. Should be having my sweet if, if you consider baby. Biggie uh, actual <laughs> rapper. Some he, people. Patrick Swayze once hosted a not so popular charity event where male strippers raise money for food charities. The event was called Hungry Eyes. I was there actually <laughs> uh, for that, and it was very inappropriate because the kids were there and they were not eating as well. They're just watching the strippers because, like, you didn't pay $300 for this event. And the kids are like, but this is for us. I was there, and uh, it's 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 very true. Sad to say. I'm sorry. That is not true. I don't know what (laughs) event you went to. Zach, 
I think you're extremely talented anyway, but hearing watching you read that with the straightest straight face <laughs> I've ever seen is is, is it's, it's, it's like I watched you power lift just now. Yeah. You understand how much joy he gets out of creating misinformation. <laughs> So what was the event called? <laughs> I was there. What was it called? Uh, Swayze, Sway, Swayze's Gravy? <laughs> Keeping children hungry? Yeah. Fugazi Ooh. for Swayze. <laughs> All right. Last one, Sarah. Yeah. So Patrick Swayze was bullied in high school. After getting jumped by five kids, his dad stepped in and talked to his coach, asking that he, was, that he be allowed to fight them fairly one at a time. <laughs> Patrick Swayze did and what? won every fight. These kids just took turns getting roundhouse kicked by the young So they were all jumping them, and his dad said, no, that's not fair. Yeah. You should fight fair one at a time. My heart wants it to be true, but my brain knows it's false. This one was true. No. This one blew my mind. No way. (laughs) What? I couldn't dig into it too much, but yeah, no, that's how they they said it. Oh man! I'm gonna. Do you know how long I'm gonna think about that? <laughs> like, do you know how long I'm gonna be like quiet moments to myself that are otherwise yeah, like, no, peaceful? No, son, I'll save you. Listen, guys, you got to get in line one at a one time. At a time. <laughs> hey, my son's real tough. Man, let's <laughs> I mean, do a fair shot. No wonder kids. he became an action star. Like he already knew the rules of one goon at a time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just picturing like his father in the background be like, again, <laughs> again, <laughs> again. <laughs> Even as a, t- a child, he was protecting the shitty bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to rip a child's throat out. <laughs> That's why he was number one. He started at an early age. <laughs> well, thank you, Zach. That was a great addition. To, what was that game called again? Troll Trip. The good eater. I love it. I also love when there's people in the studio that don't have headphones on, and we just all get quiet and. <laughs> Stare at the soundboard for a second. <laughs> I like that we're still just a bunch of naked apes, such that we cannot help but like look at the like the sound making box. Like, yeah, what sounds will come out of the box now? <laughs> sounds and lights. Uh, that story reminded me. Like, there used to be all these weird, like before the internet and everything. There used to be all these weird tales about. Like, like I remember being a little kid, and I think it's because I was a bit of a bedwetter. Um, <laughs> That Michael Landon from Highway to Heaven and Little House. Uh, oh, yeah. Prairie, yeah. Uh, famously was, a, as the story goes, was a bedwetter. And his mom would hang his pissy sh- sheets on the clothesline outside. Yep. And he was always afraid that, have you heard this? Mm. He was always afraid that um, his, you know, peers, the children would see them. So he would, like, race the bus home every day to, like, grab his sheets off the line, and then he became, like, a track star or something, because every day he practiced running to hide his pissy sheets. And I was told this story somehow to help me stop wetting the bed. I don't know how that this is. Was. truly the most boomer-ass <laughs> trauma achievement. Like, that is something that a 65-year-old man would tell you with a smile on your face while you look at them like this. Yeah, and it was really funny because I looked up famous bedwetters because I just like, this is something. He's the first person that comes up. Michael Landon is the most famous bedwetter behind, you guessed it, Franklin D. Roosevelt. <laughs> How much did he have to piss his bed to be a president of the United States? Wow. Wait, who's no. number three there? Oh, uh, a little known actress by the name of Suzanne Summers. <laughs> Famous bedwetter. Those are the top three. They don't give me yeah. any other ones. Franklin D. <laughs> and this has been Great Bedwetters of History. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a number four position for you there, Dad. Yeah, I might yeah, be there. Dude, do you want to be number four? I, I might be number four. Can you edit that in Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> we all know the number four. Do you think four. anybody's going to contest you? <laughs> <laughs> hey. He's the fourth most famous bedwetter podcaster, Dyke Michaels. <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is. Uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, I was raised boomer, you know, like I was raised by my greatest generation grandparents. So there's a lot of stuff, like, even though I'm a millennial, I was, uh, I was raised uh, backwards in a lot of ways. And one of them was, uh, you know, help, help get over a bedwetting by telling them about Michael Landon, which is apparently a thing. Yep. Yeah. He's the number one. Yeah. yeah. Super fan. I think he was just very, I think he was the only person that's ever been open about it as an adult. My, my 
I love my parents are boomers. My dad was 40. My mom was 35 when I was born. And uh, they love to tell me the most fucked up, horrific fucking shit, like laughing. Like my dad tormented my uncle, my, his little brother so much that one day they were chopping firewood with a hatchet. And my dad said something mean and walked away from my uncle Mike, who took the hatchet and threw it at him. And I mean, grazed his ear and it stuck in the tree in front of him. And my dad was like, so <laughs> I never bullied him after that again. And I'm like, dude, you bullied your little brother to homicide. And then you're like, <laughs> so good thing that that didn't land. Yeah. Uh, whatever doesn't kill you gets buried deep inside your subconscious. <laughs> I, uh, oh man. So the two things, my grandparents, my, you know, uh, Grandparents taught me as looking. I remember when they decided to tell me about the clan when I was a, when I was uh I found out about the clan and the Holocaust in around the same time, about eight years old. Oh. And I remember they told me about the I remember they they were always just very matter of factly about things when they, as you are when you're telling an eight year old. Yeah. And I remember they'd be like, Yeah, you know, they 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 wear white hoods and they uh you know, they hate black people and they um they wanna hurt them. And they uh, like to burn crosses and people. And I remember the burning the cross for some reason stuck out more than anything. It was like, how horrifying is that? Yeah. Someone's burning something in your front. Like as a kid that, hey, I'm burning something in your front yard because I don't like you. Yeah. Just stuck out to me. And I was just like, and I remember asking, I was like, so they're, so people, they really just don't like us that much that they're going to burn it. And my grandparents said, don't like you, son. Don't like you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're we're fine. I don't know if you've been listening. <laughs> we're cool. Jesus Christ. And then I found out about the... I, I was camping, and I had made friends with the... I was like eight years old. I made friends with this little German boy. And I remember he was like teaching me German number. We Like, I didn't speak German. He didn't speak English. So he's like saying numbers in German. I'm saying them in English, and we're like hanging out. And I'm like, can he come over and make s'mores? You know, and we hang out all day. And as soon as he leaves, my grandma, my French grandmother, decides to tell me about the Holocaust because oh this God. German boy, I guess, triggered something. Now, she lived through the Nazi occupation of France. So, Fuck. I mean, it was like maybe top of mind for her. Still way inappropriate. And I remember, like, she just told me, like, I, I don't remember what she said past the gas chambers because yeah. it was a very detailed description of poison gas, like tricking people into killing them with poison gas during a shower. Cool. And as soon as she got done teaching me about this wonderful part of history, yeah. I had to go take a shower with my grandpa in a, in a creepy camp shower that was just all concrete. And all I could think about is when is the poison gas going to come out? And as I'm terrified and like crying and not wanting to go take a shower and my grandpa was like, it, it was like, I didn't normally shower with my grandpa. It was only like when we were camping. One would hope. And so like, not only do I have to like dodge his giant penis the whole time, I'm also worried about when the poison gas is going to start spraying out. Imagine if it came out of the giant penis. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm so mega bummed out by every single element of that story in orchestration together. Seems like one by itself is bad. Enough. <laughs> Nothing says harder brunch like Holocaust gravel showers. <laughs> I just want to say that. We're not naming the episode. We're getting kicked off every yeah. platform. <laughs> <laughs> and like Holocaust grandpa shower, Zach. You yeah. thought that was on the table? In his mind, he's like, people are going to click on this. People are going to click on this and be like, yeah, this, what is this? If there's one thing that I want aligned with my brand, it is the phrase Holocaust grandpa yeah. showers brought to you by Metal Honey Foods. All right, I'll bury it in the description. What's the theme song for that hot honey? <laughs> just screaming just <laughs> screaming children dan what's that smell <laughs> take this hot honey hun. <laughs> scorpion honey oh god uh, well goes great with striped pajamas my goodness <laughs> oh well you know what let's speak of neo-nazis <laughs> you, you no, were OG nazis <laughs> well yes yeah sorry excuse me I apologize <laughs> to any Nazis that I offended out there <laughs> by confusing Neo with old school. You miss Nazi'd them. Yeah, I miss, <laughs> I miss Nazi. I apologize to all my analog Nazis out <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, just a big, big Nazi apology today to Harder Brunch. 
<laughs> you know, I thought it couldn't get farther off the rails, but right. keep going. He's like, hey, we'll, we'll do one thing. I'm talking about showering with my grandpa, but we will not disrespect the Nazis. Uh, so uh, this is a little fun fact about uh, Patrick Swayze. Uh, his niece married a, a neo-Nazi, Uh oh. according to Google. So that's a little transition back into... Is Swayze. this the canceling part of the... <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I can see his dad... You know, they said, "Don't be a, a dead Nazi horse." Can you can you drop in a sound clip of the Whoopi Goldberg "You and Danger Girl"? <laughs> Run, Sarah! Don't go on that podcast. You and Danger Girl. <laughs> they could talk about grandpa showers. <laughs> mm. So uh, I don't know how to segue this very well, but. Something happened uh, to Thad this week that he wants to share because it was one of the funniest, funniest uh, misunderstandings I think okay. that I can think of in, okay. in recent memory. So my friend Mo Bitchell, a great comic on the scene, and he, you know you know who we're talking about, Indianapolis Mo Mitchell, uh, known her for five four years right in the comedy scene, and uh, I, I told her how we just bought the house, uh, a little drop for the house. Shame. Turn it up. There it is. I guess. Oh, okay. Shame. I didn't need a shame. Okay. Probably, <laughs> probably deserved that. Well, I, I told her, I was like, yeah, we just uh, bought a house and we're moving in. She's like, oh, you're moving out of the mansion? And I was like, yeah, we moved out of the mansion. Like, Can I live in your mansion? She's like, well, you'll have to ask Justin, the person that runs the place. And she's like, wait, I thought this was your mansion. And I was like, oh, no, I don't own that mansion. We were just renting. And then she's like, but because you're rich. I was like, excuse me? And she's like, well, wait, I've been informed that you have a lot of money. And I was, I was like, excuse what are you, wait, what do you, what are you thinking? And she's like, I thought you were making hundreds and thousands of dollars <laughs> a year. And like, at first I thought this was a bit because she's a comic. Yeah. And then once I find out it's not a bit, you're like, wait a second. She just thought you were independently wealthy. Yes. And I'm wearing sweats and a Baywatch <laughs> <laughs> cutoff. And I'm looking into her eyes, watching her, finding out that I am not a, a rich, independently. She thought I was like doing comedy for fun, just to get in touch with myself. <laughs> like she's like, you are. I thought you were a really nice guy for uh, for like a millionaire. She well, and she goes because he's always wearing knit sweaters and athleisure. <laughs> like I'm like getting helicoptered into open mics. Like all right. I'm going to try to hang out with these common folk. But, like, it, it, it hurt, too, because, like, this whole time, for four years, she's thought I was this, like, this uh, guy that hid my monocle in my top hat, yeah. like, in my Batmobile uh, <laughs> outside the open mics. Like, I've never seen my stock drop in someone's eyes so yeah. quickly. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you're nice for a rich person. <laughs> yeah, like, he's... You're just slightly an asshole yeah. for a normal yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you well, have to go back in, over every conversation you've ever had with Seriously. her, you know? <laughs> She's always been really nice and sweet. And like now I'm like, wait, has she been trying to get out my money? <laughs> then I don't have that. I'm protected of this fake money. Like, all right, I, I see what you're up to. <laughs> also, that casts me in a shitty light as your roommate, too. It just looks like I'm just riding your coattails. <laughs> like, yeah, I just live in his mansion. Yeah. You're his, you're his house man. Yeah. You're just the house man. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> Who's the other character in BoJack Horseman that just like lives with him? Like his sobriety oh. buddy or yeah, whatever, you're that guy. Aaron Paul's character. Yeah. 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 Dyke my sobriety but but he is probably the funniest thing I've heard. <laughs> you ever, have you ever had those friends though? Like over time when you think about like how where do they make their money and you have friends that you realize you've never heard about them having a job. They've never talked about a job. Oh yeah. They always have slightly nicer stuff than you do. And you're like <sighs> You live on a trust fund. It took me six right, years yeah. to yeah. put it all together. That's old money. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, was uh, I was always real slow at putting that together because I remember being like a kid and like uh, I always say like like I grew up like my grandparents were middle class and my mom was poor. Yeah, uh, by herself. But I kind of went back and forth and I'm like the only thing being is like worse than being raised poor is being raised poor half the time. <laughs> Yeah. You, you know what you're missing, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. but like I would, uh, I had some friends. Like, I remember I had, a, I met a uh, friend, and he lived in what now I know is like not a great apartment complex. Mm. 
but he had a Nintendo and yeah. I didn't. And so I don't care if his apartment had been on fire, yeah. you know, like he had a Nintendo and I, I remember I went over and all I could talk about was <laughs> play this Nintendo. My grandma was like, you're never going back over there. Oh, but like, she, she was a real treat. Uh, oh, <laughs> like, but then, but she was also the kind of person that like, I had a rich friend who had a giant house that we would run around and play. And she would say the same thing, you know, yeah. just like stick to your own. <laughs> Middle class roots. And that probably was like, France was probably a lot more classist back then. Maybe. Any time to shit all over France. This (laughs) Haitian right here. Take that, France. (laughs) In your face. Remember slavery? I didn't. I didn't colonize anything. I just. I'm only a quarter French. If you want to get real bummed out, too, you can. uh, Look into how when uh, France relinquished Haiti, they made it so that it would it could never ever survive economically. Yep. So even though they're like, "Hey, listen, you guys, you know what? You're right. You should have your country back. Also, you owe us all this back money for yeah. hundreds of years. So <laughs> yeah. good luck." Remember when we like uh, housed and fed you? <laughs> yeah, you're charged like, for that. Yeah, we got the bill. That's what happened once we were yeah. like, "Hey, we we fought our way out of slavery and freedom. Yeah. Like we're free." And like, like, yeah, you owe us a lot of money for being free. Yes, and. And it's believed. I don't want to step on your joke, so oh, no, go ahead. No, no, no you <laughs> I don't want to just step on your joke about Haitians being enslaved. <laughs> Zach, you always have a hot slavery joke. We I'm, always love I'm your hot slavery them. takes. No, so I, what is it? I knew somebody whose father gave them an invoice when they left the house. Cool. Yeah. For like you know. 18 years of you know and that's, like that's it, what like Prince they, did to they, Haiti. Had, they had calculated like like uh like how much of the car payment they yeah. should have got like over the years yeah yeah rent and all that yeah yeah it real was, psychopath it seemed like shit. a real audacious move <laughs> yeah yeah true psychopath so what what we believe is the actual statue statue of liberty was given as a gift to help um because the Americans helped with the Louisiana purchase mm-hmm. that's what was happening the Haitians were kicking uh, the French's ass, and they needed like to buy off, sell off land. So that's where the Louisiana Purchase came from. And then I think the Statue of Liberty was a gift because uh, they were America and uh, the French were in cahoots. Mm-hmm. I learned from Thad that there was uh, native Haitians, which I guess makes sense, but I just had never thought about before. Like, I guess probably all those islands had indigenous population. I just never thought about it before. And I was like, and now there is like an ongoing, even worse, like colorism conflict going on in a lot of those places. Yeah. He he taught me about that too. Yeah. It's it's great. It just keeps getting fucked like generationally. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I want, there was a really good podcast called the, the dictators or something like that. Mm. And it just like, like they talk about like, they've listened to behind the bastards. It's a similar podcast, yeah. I th- but like, yeah, like they talk about like uh, Papa Doc, yeah, for one, and like I'm like Haitian history. I knew nothing about before I met yeah. Dad, and it's, just, it's really it's interesting. Wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it goes deep. It goes deep. Yeah. But uh, that's, but we're talking about hot honey here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love like, guys. I think we covered it all. all we, these, like, we got the Holocaust. We got <laughs> genocides of all flavors. Yeah, <laughs> you got the you got the cold. You got the you know fried and lemon genocide. You got the spicy mango and cilantro genocide. We got yeah. all the flavors. We got all the Nazis. We got Michael Landon penis pants <laughs> and my grandfather's penis. I think we've covered everything we need to in this podcast. Don't forget Franklin. <laughs> hey we don't know what to remember second place okay we don't talk oh, about fuck. step up your game this Delano. Makes me, i'm so sorry that i have to terrorize you with this but when my best friend julie savi and i were in middle school she would come up with fake like horrible fake um songs like in the vein of um weird al yankovic and one of her favorites was it's really long it's in your mom it's your dad's penis <laughs> and i don't know why i just needed to terrorize that with you that just brought, brought that to my mind we've had a lot of dick jokes was that this episode. Uh, take a look reading rainbow yeah, 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 exactly reading oh uh, that's nice they've just ruined that show for a lot of people <laughs> well that's how he got there yeah <laughs> uh can you drop a beat for me sir Sarah Merrill, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. Thank I really you appreciate it so much. Um, where can people, where can people get your hand, get their hands on this product, <laughs> on this hot honey? 
Well, I'm here because uh, summer market season is about to start, so I will be at the original farmer's market from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Wednesdays downtown on Market Street. Uh, then on Wednesday evenings from 3 to 7 p.m. at the Sober Farmer's Market, or 4 to 7 p.m. Sober Farmer's Market, 49th and College. And then on Saturdays, Garfield Farmer's Market, uh, Garfield Park Farmer's Market in Garfield Park, and Indy Summer Farmer's Market at the John Boner Center uh, at Arsenal Tech High School. So, uh, it really, and, and MetalHoney.com, sorry. It really is a phenomenal <laughs> product. And guys, if you go to one of these farmer's markets and you just have like... You know, ideas or suggestions that Sarah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be about a product, maybe about a personal yeah, life. I have a, I, I, I do, I will have a suggestion box out this week and, uh, it, the suggestion box will be a pad of paper and a pen and a bottle of KY lubricant and you can put it all together after that. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, Zach Rohn. If you like this show, consider joining us for our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com backslash harder brunch. It's only $3 a month. For all of our after brunch episodes, nice. That's a pretty good deal, actually. It's a great deal. It's yeah. the best deal on the internet because that's the one that we get the most raw on. Yeah, I mean, if, if you really <laughs> like Holocaust grandpa showers, <laughs> wait till you hear what we talk about behind the paywall. That is Jay. <laughs> you can find me at Fab McKee. That's T H A D at Fab McKee on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, on the new website that's coming out. Thanks. Uh, I'm at Dyke Michaels across the board and on social media. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.